Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hi, how's it going? Forty. Hoi, hoi, hoi. Ham. Uh, yep, still here. And your and your host Hamish. Um, so after the last round of um, the real preseason, uh, we're into round one now. With some there's some games this week, isn't there? Two Round's over in um, in Vegas. Yes, sir. So preseason's done, except we're going to get an extra week off because uh, we're in zero ground as opposed to... And, and who won the Challenge Cup? The Broncos. The Broncos. There you are. They're destined for uh, grand final glory after winning the Challenge Cup and they get that extra $100,000. They'll need um, it. How great for them. <laughs> yeah, to reimburse themselves for all of their uh, Vegas travel costs when they thought that it would cost <laughs> the same as they are a regular away trip despite being an 18-hour flight. Um, great stuff there. Um, let's jump into the round of action that was. So the junior reps, all four junior teams were in action. We'll start with Harold Matt's Cup, who are undefeated, 20-12 to 12 over the Steelers. Um, boys, obviously you weren't out there, but did you get any uh, updates from people who were? Nope. Uh, I, I got a little bit of feedback from 60s. Um, the, the top, sorry, the Lisa Fiala did well. Um, they, they continue to build nicely. Uh, the mats were did uh, did really well considering that would minus a few personnel. Uh, I think there was no Cyrus Bloomfield, no Ocean Vivella, and was Mason Ong also out? Ham? Who was the third player? Yeah, no Mason Ong. Yeah, so that that was three of their core players, um, and they they were too good in that game. Tasha Gale again, their own worst enemies. Um, they really struggled to get through their sets, and the Steelers are um, they're not in the same category as the Roosters in particular, but also the Bulldogs. But they're you know well too good a team to do that. Um, and it was the same case for the SG Boar, who have finished games strong with the start of the season. Uh, but in this case, they just kept getting in their own way and they uh, had a couple of really bad turnovers from kickoffs, I believe, uh, that ended up being really costly in the context of this game. And they ended up getting run... Uh, they, they actually stayed in the contest for a while, but ended up getting pulled away from by the Steelers uh, in, the, same, in the, sec- the part of the game where they've run over the other teams this year. So those errors being very, very costly. Um, so just to wrap up those scores there, so SG Ball going down 30-16, to 16, that was their first loss in that competition. You can usually, if you want to be right firing in the finals, cost yourself, uh, what, two or three losses? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Lisa Fiola Cup was 32-16. So uh, Lisa Fiola, are they undefeated or? Uh, no, they're no, they no, lost they, the Bulldogs in the first round. Yeah, first they, round. They've been on the road first three weeks of the competition. It's been pretty brutal, to be honest. Same for the Tasha Gale. And Tasha Gale's a bit of a touch-up there, 38-0. All right, let's get into the men's action, which saw the Eels taking on the Titans uh, in their trial match. Final score, not that it really matters, was what, five tries to four? Yes. Yeah, 26-16, yeah. Um, Birdie, I'll start with you, mate. Yeah, uh, look, it was a great uh, great performance. Like, uh, our halves, like... Look, I was expecting a lot of rust from the um, from the half. Sorry, the halves. Like I just thought, you know, their first game, um, you know, humid conditions. They'll see a lot of errors, but you know, they clicked into gear, and you can tell like um, they're, they're all ready to go for that for that trial. And um, just those short short side runs, you know, like the switch up on the play with Moses and his speed. Like 
we're just so grateful to have uh, two halves that have that blistering speed and footwork that, you know, troubled defence. And, you know, I think even the commentators uh, said it, like that try to hop good, you know, that was you know sublime piece of work. And I'll tell you what, lads, even though um, young Will with his haircut, he does give me, um, he does look a bit weird. He reminds me of a bit of an Isaac Tongo and um, just with that hairstyle and he just looks bigger and stronger. And, yeah, you can tell... Um, He's going to be a real weapon this year. Like I know he's he's been, he's had enormous talent and um, he showed a glimpse of it. But I could, I, I honestly think he can push for that state of origin claims this year. And, you know I could be biased, but you know with Campbell Graham out injured for the ha- first half of the year, you know Whiten, you know on, on, retiring, I believe. So just I, I feel as though he has a chance to take it and then um, you know play uh, rep football for us this year. So yeah, other than that, um, besides a couple you know a couple of questionable defensive calls from Sivo, it was a great performance. Um, you know, we've got one injury and one suspension, but uh, it was a great performance, you know, for a trial. Looking just at some of those stats before, I pass over to you, 40 and Ham. So we only completed 69%, 29 of 42, um, but I assume the majority of those errors crept in after half time and, and even after that 60 minute mark when we started to rotate out. Um, other stats there, we outgained the Titans, um, the, the average play the ball speed. Um, almost a second difference, um, us being slower, even though we dominated the ruck through the majority We've of the game. We've got them right where we want them, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, missed tackles still a little bit worrisome there, 44 to the Titans, 23. Um, having said that, there was a couple of um, uh, rundown or, or great cover tackles that were made and only five ineffective tackles to the Titans, 24. And there you see in the error sheet, 14 to 7. Penalties conceded 4 to the Titans, 6. Ruck infringements, 2 to the Titans, 5. Sevo um, being on report, and we'll get to him later. Um, but the Titans using more men there, 13, and us only using the nine interchanges. Um, they seem to put their, their main forwards back on at that 60-65 minute mark, which, um, you know, I guess they were they were treating it as pretty much a round one game. I couldn't um, believe I saw Tino Fasu and Malawi coming back into the game at that, that junction. That seemed crazy to me. Forty. Who did you like? Um, one that stands out there, player stats, is uh, old Jermaine Hopwood there <laughs> yeah. with uh, most tackles, most run meters, yeah, and yeah. Uh, most fantasy points. And it's not like he didn't play the week before. He was in the All-Star game, you know, having a fair effort. So uh, he made a real statement this one. Not that we were surprised. We know he's a, a fantastic workhorse that can also free that arm. I really liked how he mixed things up too. He, he uh, could identify when the, the Titans were trying to be aggressive for the option outside and he would just throw the dummy and go to the gap. Uh, and then, you know, other times he'd find the outside men, so he did a great job there. I, I thought in general the right edge looked phenomenal. When your weakest player is Sean Russell and he's had a great preseason, you know you're in pretty good shape. Bryce Cartwright was tremendous. We got to see some really good second-phase football from him and his ability to stay alive of Mitchell Moses for his own try. Uh, Bertie already shouted out Will Penasini, but yeah, he just he's a wrecking ball. He, he's a bull in a china shop. So just keep feeding him early ball. In general, um, I, I like the team performance. It was a huge step up. I know it was a different team as well, but a big step up from what we saw against the Raiders. Um, we saw much better line speed, better aggression and defense. Uh, we saw and one of the things that I really wanted to see was seeing the forwards hunting together, and we saw that with Junior and Reg in that great combo try. So I think there were a lot of positive signs. Obviously, it wasn't clinical. It wasn't perfect. You mentioned the defensive aspect, Hamish. Uh, the missed tackles will definitely be a point of emphasis. But uh, I think for a trial, it was a really good hit out in really testing conditions. So salute to the boys there. Um, and we nearly got out of it unscathed. No major injury concerns that we we're aware of outside of Bowie Simonson maybe having a minor hammy issue. 
Uh, but unfortunately, I'm sure we'll talk about it. But Mike Acevo, he's a uh, his uh, litany, his list of like indiscretions with high shots has come back to haunt him and it's going to hurt the team. So, yeah, I thought it was a good team effort. Um, I don't think anyone came from the clouds. Uh, I also don't think we got any clarity on the bench situation because the three players that we wanted to see in uh, Maddo, Woody and Ofengahi, uh, alongside Kelmatur Lungi, who had a decent game, but we didn't get to see them in action. So we don't really know what that means for round one now. So... Have to wait and see what Team West Tuesday brings next week. Yeah, the biggest thing going in, we were saying Ryan Madison's kept off, and maybe it was just that whatever yeah, tweak he had. Exactly. That, um, he wasn't good to go. I think it was back or something. The lower, lower back that. was what the Melbourne Storm fan on online I saw saying that they'll, they'll treat him for that. So, And then um, uh, Joe O, I think it was a family um, outing, as, as in I think it was somebody in his family passed, so he mm-hmm. was out. Um, and then what happened to Big Greg? I don't know. Um, maybe just a niggle in the in the lead up, and they just didn't want to rest. Like risk him for a trial game, especially when he seems to be carrying some good form. Yeah, and then obviously there was a lot of switch ups to start with. But I thought off of Hickey Ogden talking about um, you know props or forwards, uh, he had a pretty good first stint. But you could see him; uh, he seemed a bit <laughs> like Greg um, in early stages of last year, yeah. <laughs> gasping for breath. But there is a handy play there in Ogden. He's got he's got the physique to be a bit of a wrecking ball. Um, so if you can just keep – I think he needs a bit of a minutes restriction in first grade, at least as he is right now. Um, you can't rely on him the way you can with Junior in particular as, as that similar role. But, yeah, he, there's a bit of dynamis, uh, dynamism to his uh, running. Like he, he can bust a tackle and be a bit of an impact player. So, yeah, barring that one error, uh, I thought he had a pretty good game. Uh, him in the lead-up, Forty's touched on it a little bit, but you wanted to see the forwards linking. Um, how um – Excited were you for that Reg Junior try? Oh, that was – you can tell that's one of the the, the ba- – they're going to pull out of the bag of tricks throughout the year. It's just – it was perfect line run by Reg. It was really well set up by Junior. I actually really liked the way that um, Junior varied uh, his run pass selection in this game. I think there was one one later on where he passed to Makatoa and he should he should have run. But other than that, I thought it was really good selection, especially in a trial match. You know, when you're when you're confident in pulling off that sort of play, because uh, it's very easy in that instance to throw a forward pass. Very easy in that instance for the timing to go wrong. Uh, so for them to be confident to pull off that play and then also execute it shows that they're very confident in that. Uh, to a linking, there was a couple of times there he was looking for offloads and threw them. Uh, he's probably got to be a little bit more selective. Uh, but I think probably the king of uh, forwards uh, ball playing, Bryce Cartwright, my goodness. He must absolutely hate the Titans. Because he was a even though it was only a trial match, he those hits that he put on on kickoffs, they he was looking to hurt people. And so that's that's not something I think we've ever seen from uh from Bryce in his whole career. He's never he's always been the flashy player, he's always had the the basketball skills, over the top, through the legs, all that sort of thing. It's like he's put it all together now. He's got that bit of flash that we saw with the Will Penasini try and a few other things. But he's also got that hard, hard-nosed part of his game that Brad has sort of coached into him, and he's finally put it together. And I've got to be honest, I'll put my hands up. End of uh, 2022 season, I thought he was done. I saw him down at uh, Blacktown Oval... He could barely run. He was missing tackles, and I thought, oh, his his career's over. It's it's done. And then 
these past two years, he's just literally, you know, come from nowhere. You know, obviously he was a superstar junior and coming through the grades, but this Bryce Cartwright is something we've never seen before. And, and maybe his name should be Bryce X Cartwright because he's our X Factor. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a fair shout out for Bryce. Um, he, he is legitimately playing representative caliber football, uh, but just isn't in the mix because of the nature of the New South Wales pack being so stacked in the back row. And obviously that's a blessing for the Eels because it's one less play to worry about. But yeah, it's an incredible character arc for him going from being on the rugby league trash heap ham, like you said, to solidifying a spot in the Eels back, back row where it's not just his offensive repertoire that's you know, turning eyes. It's the fact that he is hitting hard and consistently in defense and being a tone setter on that side of the ball. So well done to him. Well done to the coaches. It, it's a really cool story. Um, one thing that stands out in the ta- uh, stat sheet, they've, they've put him down for six missed tackles, Cartwright. I, I don't remember him missing six tackles. but See, that's the um, thing. That's the thing with stats, right? So I, I was about to, I was going to point this out a bit later on when we're talking about Mike Acevo. But you look at that left-hand side. Between the uh, three players on his inside, so let's say, yeah, so let's say three, three players, Bailey Simonson, I know he left the game early, but didn't miss a tackle. Dylan Brown missed two tackles. Sean Lane, one tackle, and uh, Morgan Harper, one tackle, right? You combine those, you're not even getting to Mitchell Moses' count or Bryce Cartwright's count, and yet that right side defended better than the left side. Mm. It's all about, it's not necessarily about, uh, you know, obviously you don't want to see missed tackles out there, but... It's about decision-making and being enthusiastic in defense. Defense is an attitude. It's not, you know, and that's why I just, I'm, I didn't want to bring it down so early, but I'm just, I'm really down on Mike Acevo. I just, I don't want him in the team. I, I don't see what he brings to us anymore. He's, except for maybe two or three runs in this game, he didn't try and break through the line. You compare that to Will Penasini. Every time Will got the ball, his attitude was, I've got to break the line. Mike Acevo never hasn't and hasn't done that for 2019, 2020. His last time he did that, and then he's making terrible defensive decisions. I know it, it's it's cliche to stay stay in your wing, and it's wrong. But that first try, like if he if he just stays where he is, the the half hits the short ball. Dylan Brown's got him covered, or the half goes out the back to the fullback, and then they slide. They got him covered. As soon as Micah made that decision to run up and rush rush up. That made the half's decision to throw the long ball. And it was an easy long ball. Yep. No, you're exactly right. Um, I think it's... And it's and it's not just the on-field performance. It seems to be like some of the words coming out of the training. Just the... For somebody who's meant to be an elder statesman in the team, what, he's over 30 now, um, you just really need to be a professional at this point in your career. And it just seems as that, that that's a little bit lacking. Um, but I guess one thing that comes out, obviously, at the judiciary, we've decided not to fight it um, this time. So he's sitting out three games to start the season. That leaves a spot open for, um, and we also touched on this earlier about the lack of wing depth in the in the juniors. But somebody that came on late and obviously didn't have much of a run. But when you talk about running hard, Hayes Dunster come on, one run, 16 metres, nine post-contact metres. <laughs> It's it's just it's just the attitude. Mm. It's just the attitude of that, you know. Obviously, that Hayes has a little bit more, as you said. He come on late in the game so he can expend more energy, like in a, in a shorter time frame. But that's an attitude thing. Is rucking the ball out. You look at you even compare it to Sean Russell. They, they got very similar. I, I thought, you know, watching the game, 
I thought Sean Russell outgained Sevo massively. He only gained, outgained him by sort of half a metre every run. But the fact that Sean has 13 runs, Sevo has nine. This is, this is someone 20 kilos heavier than Sean Russell didn't have to make a tackle. The only tackle he made, he missed. So it's not, you know, they're peppering him with defence. He can make more than nine runs in, I think it was about 65 minutes. His whole point of being on the field for mine when you're, you know, six foot three, 115 kilos, is to make metres. And he's not doing it for us. Um, we might come back to that um, when we're starting to preview the season, given that um, that Sivo will be out for at least three games as to who his replacement would be. But my my early shout would be uh, a certain Hayes Dunster. Um, the other things that I just wanted to touch on that I don't think we've touched on yet, um, 40, you mentioned line speed, um, but I thought Joey Lussick really led that in the first half. And there was a couple of times where you could see him, you know, two or three metres in front of the defensive line and and yelling at everybody to, you know, push up, push up, push up, um, which is really great from the, um, from the hooker there. And then Brendan Hands, when he came on, he was sort of in that quasi-dummy half sort of floater role because um, there was, at times there, they were both on the field at the same time, Lussick and, and, and Hands, but Hands with a kicking game as well. Um, he got away a couple of kicks, which is interesting to see. Yeah, good. it was good to see the, the utility part of Brendan Hands' game come to the fore in this one. And it comes back to Arthur saying that he doesn't want to, you know, have just a dummy half on the interchange. Uh you mentioned, yeah, last season drop the line speed. Uh, I agree. It, it just it's what you need to be a competitive team. So hopefully the Eels can, you know, maintain the the rage on that one. Uh, and I was just thinking, like, I know we miss a lot of tackles, but looking at how the Titans end up breaking down their scoring, uh, obviously you had Sevo shoot up and create the opening try, but then there was the AJ Brimson scoop and score, which was just, you know, complete opportunity. Cam Pereira scored off that sequence of two forward passes, and then Fafita of the JoJo variety scored the, the like, not like it was a legit... The others weren't legitimate tries, but that was like that nice little dummy half play from with the kick. So I think on the whole, defensively, we're pretty good, like even with the missed tackles. So it's interesting, isn't it, that the stats sort of point towards a, a sort of whirlwind open game, but I feel like we contain the Titans uh, through the ruck for the most part, which is, I feel, the, the sort of cornerstone for us being competitive. Yeah, it was no sort of hard. Oh, sorry. sorry, you go, him. I was just going to say, at no point while we had our first graders on did I feel like the Titans were going to score a try, like obviously they had the Philip Sami one and the AJ Brimson one, but it never really felt like they were threatening us. Even with, you know, I saw a lot of talk online about um, the Titans will trouble us with their speed out wide and the way they form their shapes and everything. But to me, like they never, it was not never a concern that they were going to score. And, you know, obviously the one that they did with Brimson, uh, that's a fluky try. As a coach, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even care about that. Um, and then the Cam Pereira one come from crazy offloads and two forward passes, and it's just like, well, you know, it's whatever. Whereas ours, I feel like they were they were well worked. Yeah, they were certainly um, some of it was really really great um, football and a lot of good second phase play. But um, when we're coming back to that first half, um, you know, it was what four tries to one, and I thought we just completely belted the crap out of the Titans. They played out of their own end constantly, and I thought our work between um, the two twenties. Um, was where we really um, lifted, and that's where I really want to see us um, building throughout the season, just that set-for-set football, dominating field position, and then Moses' kicking game. But for that one that he apparently kicked out on the full, it seemed pretty close to me on first glance. We never saw a replay. Yeah, um, I would have liked to close in on that one on the sideline. 
it was close. <laughs> um, but but for that, I thought, you know, really controlled the tempo where we gave them the ball back. And then I thought our kick chase, um, a big difference from last year. A set line, they were only getting it out, what, five, ten metres um, before there was a ring of eels on them every single time. Um, so I just thought the kick placement, the kick chase... That's exactly what we wanted to see. And then the grid in defence for the majority of the part. The last thing that I just wanted to touch on was that, um, obviously, my view is that that left edge defence is still a little bit shaky, but it's hard to really hone in on that when, you know, Simonson goes pretty early. Um, Sivo is shooting in and out, and he's not going to be there in the first three rounds. Um, and you think, and then even the second row, you know, there was a change there with Lane at points and, and coming in, was it Tuolungi that was playing the left side? I can't remember. They they rotated a bit. Yeah, Tuolungi started and then um, come back on later on. I actually liked the way we played uh, Tuolungi in this game. I think that's suited him perfectly. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's hard to gauge with a couple of different pieces moving in and out of that at that at that point whether or not it's individuals or or they just you know wasn't the cohesion or it wasn't what the off season training was with those personnel in there. Um, and so I don't know if that's an issue. We'll we'll have to wait for the first couple of rounds to see if it is an issue. Other than that, first 40 minutes, really pleased with it. Um, you know, obviously letting in that first try in the second half off that freak um, drop and scoop and score. Um, but other than that, I thought it was, re- it, it, it was a great hit out and shows that, you know, we should really be pushing for a top eight this season, even if, you know, I don't think the Titans will be up winning a comp. I think um, that they certainly have the talent to put on points. Yep. Uh, I also, one little thing, you know, you mentioned the kick chase and this is sort of tangential to it, but uh, I like the fact that we've made some adjustments or it looks like we've made adjustments for that new downtown interpretation. Um, I felt like we were one of the teams that was probably most at risk with the change to it, although, you know, it's you can't run past the ruck, which means Moses can still kick deep as long as there's discipline on your, uh, you know, primary chases there. So good start, good start. Yeah, Titans got found out on that one. I think there was one that was like everybody's in front. <laughs> Um, so that'll take a bit of learning, but at least it, it looks like we've um, got our ducks in a row on that. Um, okay, well, we already touched on the judiciary. So Sivo out for three weeks to begin um, the season. He's available for selection in our Easter Monday clash against the West Tigers. We'll see if somebody else can cement that wing spot in his absence. Um, not really too much other news. So we'll jump straight into the juniors, boys. This is going to be a home game. Um, Eric Tweedle Stadium. There's no other footy this weekend. Saturday, the second of March, other than um, the the zero round overseas. Are you boys going to be out there? It was Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in at home. Eric Tweedle Stadium. <laughs> uh, very uh, funny I, I, game. I, uh, thank you, thank you. I try very hard. If you, if you can't tell, uh, no, unfortunately. Oh well, I've got a, a baby shower. I'm attending. I know. Uh, the, the comments will be flying in about that, but I've got a friend's baby shower, so I won't They don't actually shower the baby, though. That's, you know, why? No, well, it'll be a bit hard. It's still inside the womb. No, baby shower. What a, what a, <laughs> what a silly name. No one gets showered. Audi. Uh, I plan to. So, yeah, uh, obviously any home game you want to try and get out to, given that we've had uh, some, you know, fair road trips, Cronulla and Illawarra. So, yeah, I, I plan to be out there. We kick off the action, again, all at Eric Tweedle Stadium, which is just over at Granville, as we've learnt from our resident uh, experts, Hammond Forty. It's a very um, nice stadium. It is. It is a good venue. Very nice stand. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Fiola's at 10am against the Dragons. Tasha Gale's 11.30 against the Dragons. 
and then the mats 1pm against the Dogs and the SG Ball 2.30 against the Dogs. So a full day of football there. Anything else to touch on? Um, I mean, no, not really. I think we're... Yeah, the, mat, the mats have got some nice reinforcements this week. They get back some of those players we're talking about being absent in Bloomfield and Vivella. Um, and the ball, while I don't think the team's actually changed much, there's some names in the extended roster that suggest that they're getting some uh, interesting depth options back that might be able to help boost the team in the coming weeks. So, yeah, just sort of have to wait and see. Um, but decent signs. Too easy. Well, we might wrap it up there. We've got the week off um, in the first grade. Uh, oh, should we uh, should we sorry. announce the, um, the directors? The news has just come through about the directors of the Paramount Leagues Club board. Sorry, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, the incumbents have got back in uh, Monaghan, uh, Craig Monaghan, I think it is, and Sue Coleman. Greg. Greg. Uh, I think. Greg. And so um, Royce Bagnolo is not on the Parramatta Leagues Club board. And so unfortunately, uh, we won't be winning any premierships anytime soon, according to Roy. He didn't, didn't win him last time he was around, too. So. No. Is, we only, is he even allowed to be a, a, a director again? Yeah, he, he took it to the high, must be took it to the Supreme High Court, I think. And had okay. the uh, the ruling overthrown, but I think oh, okay. this is his last chance. This was his last chance. I think there's something that if you don't get voted on, like you can't run again or something like that. Probably um, appeal that, um, but we'll see where we are. But I don't know. Those numbers seem pretty um, conclusive to me. Yeah, almost double. Yep. Um, great thing uh, to keep it rolling how it is. I, I, I know we haven't tasted the, the final grand final glory, um, but if you remember the years under Spagnolo, I don't think you want to go back there. It was across multiple boards too, right? We just had so much dysfunction at the executive level, and ever since we had the Olga review and, and thus the administrative change, the Eels have been humming along nicely off the field. You don't see us in the headlines in a negative sense in that regard anymore. So, yeah, well done to the incumbents, and not a surprise that they end up being re-elected. All right, well, we might wrap it up there next week, season preview, and then the week after... Uh, oh, no, we're going to do season preview. Oh, that's right, next week's season preview, and then round one preview as well. Mm-hmm. Too easy. All right, well, we'll catch you all on the next Power Podcast, and uh, thanks for tuning in this time. See you,